Welcome to Axios Recap. I'm Naomi Shaven, and I'm filling in for Dan this week. Today is Tuesday, August 11th. Cruise line stocks are up, mortgage rates are down, and we're focused on Russia's coronavirus vaccine gamble. On Tuesday, Russia announced it had approved a COVID-19 vaccine developed in Moscow. The country is planning to inoculate doctors and other frontline workers as soon as possible and begin large-scale production of the vaccine in September. Even one of Vladimir Putin's daughters has received the vaccine, according to Putin. But here's the thing. It is way too early to know the results from phase three clinical trials of this vaccine. The vaccine from Russia has been tested on dozens of people, according to the Associated Press, not the tens of thousands you'd see tested before a vaccine could gain approval in the U.S. Meanwhile, expedited vaccine development by companies like Moderna, who we've discussed on this show previously, are running phase three clinical trials now. This week, experts analyzing trial data from Moderna announced that there was, quote, no way the company could have a vaccine ready by election day this year. That's because even when you expedite this process, it still takes time. Experts on vaccine research and development have raised red flags about Russia's vaccine. Immunology professor Danny Altman at the Imperial College London warned in a statement that there could be real and serious collateral damage if a vaccine that were not safe and effective were released. It could cause harm to the people who receive it, and it could also undermine public confidence in vaccines that are eventually proven to be safe and effective. Some experts are also calling the Russian vaccine, which is called Sputnik V, spelled the Roman numeral way with a V, a publicity stunt meant to telegraph Russia's biotech dominance. Among them is Derek Lowe, medicinal chemist, author, and expert on drug development and the pharmaceutical industry. We'll go deeper on Russia's announcement, what it means for the global vaccine race, and the broader ramifications of this rushed approval process with Derek Lowe. Hi, Derek. Let's start big picture. How would you describe Russia's vaccine trial process? Well, it's hard to figure out from the outside because they announced back in like the very last days of June, first days of July, that they were starting to go into humans. That usually means what we call phase one. You give the vaccine to some people and try to see, do you raise antibodies? Are the blood levels okay? Were there any bad effects? And then you work up that data. And then you start talking about really seeing if it protects people from the coronavirus They have sort of skipped all of that stuff and announced that the vaccine is approved. Can you expand on that a bit? How different is that from the process we're seeing right now in the U.S., for example? Very different because the vaccines that you may have heard about from companies like Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson, Novavax, all of these are at the same stage as the Russian vaccine or maybe even further along, but we haven't declared that the game is over. These have been tested in normal volunteers just to make sure that they raise antibodies. Now they're currently in the process of going into tens of thousands of people to see if they actually protect against COVID-19 infections. And we'll be getting a lot of safety data at the same time. So we still have a lot of safety and efficacy to figure out. What are the implications of touting this approval before safety and efficacy can be known? Yeah, I mean... A lot of people, the great majority of people in the world, don't know that much about drug development or vaccine development, and I can't blame them. It's a complicated topic. I've been working on it for 30 years, and I still get surprised. 
So they hear news like this and they think, my gosh, this just came out of the blue. Suddenly there's a cure. Suddenly there's a vaccine. And they don't realize how premature this is and how little this vaccine has actually been tested. So if you have just been following the process from afar, you think, there they are, Russia, they're out ahead of everyone. Let's all go get the Russian vaccine. That would be a bad idea. And that makes me wonder why they announced it like this. Partly national pride. And honestly, I have to think that they also may have been trying to intentionally sow some confusion, doubt, what have you. Do you think that this is undermining what people are thinking or understanding about the current global vaccine race? It could be because in one group of people, they could be thinking, well, we're done. We have the vaccine. Why are we spending all this money over here? Why can't I have the Russian vaccine right now? Who's keeping me from getting it? You have that. On the other hand, if this vaccine does turn out to have safety problems, and we don't know because it hasn't been fully tested, then that's going to give a lot of ammunition to the vaccine skeptics out there who are like, I'm not taking any coronavirus vaccine. Ah, this stuff is poison. So the downside is large, and I don't really see what the upside is. Do you think there could be mid to long-term consequences for the vaccine research and development process? Does this put pressure on companies that are doing their own trials right now or possibly put some pressure on other countries to change their own approval process? Oh, I hope not. I very much hope not. We are already pushing these things along faster than we have ever pushed any vaccine ever. We are speeding up everything that can possibly be sped up. We're right on the ragged edge already. So the idea that we need to press the gas pedal down even further and cut a bunch more corners to try to catch up, in quotation marks, with the Russian vaccine is a terrible idea. Obviously, this would not, under any normal circumstance, get approval from the FDA here. But do you have any concerns that, maybe not here, but that some countries that are concerned they don't have a better alternative coming down the line soon could approve this? Or do you think it's probably only going to go to Russian citizens right now? Yeah, that's a really good question, because we do not know how much of this vaccine they even have available. We know nothing about their production of this vaccine and how it's being distributed. Some vaccines have to be distributed, refrigerated, or even frozen, etc. We don't know anything about that. So you notice that the Russians are not saying how many doses of this that they have which makes you think even more that it's just a publicity exercise. So yeah, there are probably people in many countries who are like, when can I get this? No one knows. Let's talk about that idea that this is a publicity exercise on some level. You had written this morning that it seemed like a publicity stunt and vaccine nationalism. I'm curious, what do you think Moscow is trying to accomplish with the publicity side of this? I suspect some of it is for domestic consumption to national pride to show that, you know, Russia can still do this sort of world-beating research. They also have a pretty severe coronavirus problem going on. And that's obvious even with the official figures, which frankly no one trusts. They've approved, and I'm making little air quotes now, supposedly three drugs before this vaccine. But those drugs are a Japanese drug that has not been shown to help And all three of the drugs that Russia has approved are the same Japanese drug under different names. 
So they need something to point at to show that they're on top of this situation and getting something done. And of course, some of it might be for international consumption too. See how the great Russian system has produced a vaccine before anyone. I'm curious, and I think I know the answer. Would you take this vaccine? Nope, absolutely not until it's been through a lot more evaluation. And that's not just because it's a Russian vaccine. I'm not taking any of these vaccines until they've been through much more efficacy and safety profiling than any of them have already. That's underway right now. To be clear, you're referring to the phase three clinical trials that would typically involve tens of thousands of volunteers? Absolutely. They're recruiting 20, 30,000 people for each of these trials. Those are the kind of numbers that you need at a bare minimum to really get an assessment of safety. Because remember, vaccines are being given to people who aren't sick yet. So the safety standards have to be high. Obviously, Russia has not released a lot of data on this vaccine, really any. If they are tracking what happens as they inoculate teachers and doctors and other frontline workers, do you think the scientific community can trust the data that starts to come out of Russia from this point on? Oh boy, that's a tough question because you would like to be able to trust it, but the same government that would make an announcement like this could easily give a skewed picture of what the actual results are. So, you know, like in the courtroom, they say falsus and unum, falsus and omnia. You lie about one thing, you could be suspected of lying about all the others. I have one last question. I'm wondering if we could talk about the larger global economics impact of this announcement. Do you read this as an attempt by Russia to bolster their economy with some good news? And does it also read as an attempt to position themselves as a stronger economy in contrast to other countries that are also struggling to contain coronavirus cases right now? I'm sure that positioning is a big part of it. As for how much it could help Russia's economy, that comes down to those things we don't know. We don't know how safe this vaccine is. We don't know how well it works. And we don't even know how much of it they have. So the answers could be all over the place. It's just total guesswork. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the Biden campaign. On Tuesday afternoon, former Vice President Joe Biden declared California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. To say we'll be watching Senator Harris in the coming months is an understatement. But it's also the truth. As for today, we're watching Senator Harris make history. She's the first Black woman and the first South Asian person to ever be named to a major party U.S. presidential ticket. And she could be the first female U.S. vice president in history if Biden wins this fall. Today, we're also watching ride-sharing. Specifically, we're watching for fallout from yesterday's ruling from a California Superior Court judge who said that Uber and Lyft should classify drivers as employees. Both companies long classified their drivers as independent contractors, which meant they weren't offered paid sick and family leave, health insurance, or unemployment insurance. The ruling orders the companies to treat their drivers the way they treat other employees at their companies. Both companies plan to appeal. The ruling has near-term consequences, even as the directive to reclassify is temporarily on hold while the companies ready their appeals. A similar suit has been filed against Uber and Lyft in Massachusetts, and Massachusetts is using a similar legal test to what has been used in California, which includes looking at whether the drivers perform a service that is a core part of the company's business. 
this ruling could have implications for that case. Longer term, it really cannot be overstated how consequential this ruling could be if it's ultimately upheld for the entire gig economy. And finally, we're watching Airbnb, which is reportedly very close to filing to go public. Airbnb was recently valued at $18 billion, down from $31 billion at one point a few years ago. Its IPO, expected possibly this month, could have implications for the tourism industry, the sharing economy, and more, as the pandemic continues to hurt the larger experience economy. And we're done. Big thanks for listening, and to producers Carol Alderman and Tim Shovers. My sources tell me it is National Presidential Joke Day, which is awkward because we just got some pretty serious presidential election news. We'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap podcast.